Blog Talk Radio. As the legend goes, an old Cherokee was teaching his grandson about life. He said to the boy, a fight is going on inside me. It is a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One is evil. He is anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, guilt, lies, superiority, and ego. The other is good. He is joy, peace, love, hope, humility, kindness, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside you and inside every other person too. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then he asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. afternoon or good morning. It all just depends on what part of the world you are listening. K-Tow, bienvenidos. 
Namaste. Okay, and welcome to another episode of the Greenhouse Effects Radio Show. Live Mondays and Wednesday nights, 7 p.m. only on Law Talk Radio. My name is Will Green, holding down one half of our hosting duties, holding down the other half. We call him the Lions Historian. Some may even call him Unc. I just simply call him Dad, my best friend, Bill Green. What's happening, Daddy-O? Hey, mi amigo, mi hermano, como esta? That's the extent of my friends. All right, bueno. (laughs) You too, you too, what's up? Yeah, so um, so how things down next? Down thing. How are things down Mexico? Oh man, um, you know, it, 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 things are cool. Um, we're good. starting to good. starting to get some of the uh, effects of Omicron COVID. You know, they're starting to suggest suggest. Uh, yeah. Okay. Florida wall couldn't keep it out, huh? <laughs> no, no. You know, so <laughs> but they're just you know suggesting suggesting you know. Uh, you know, limitations and like restaurants, you know, stuff like that. It's not a, it's not strict, you know, but, but it's definitely, um, we're, we're definitely feeling the effects here, which sucks. And we had a lot of things planned this week, right? <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I hear you. But, well, you so know, far, you know, everything you're describing, so. so far it sounds like Texas. <laughs> well, well I, you, you know, know Mexico yeah. is Texas. <laughs> so, yeah, all right. Right. Yeah, man, and not too different here. Right, not too different. That's another episode for another time, right there. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, all, man. All is, well, good. all is good down here, man. All is good. I'm still enjoying the weather. Okay. Still trying to get used to the changes in the climate. You know, uh, like I said earlier, man. I just make sure by six o'clock I got socks on my feet. You know, by three o'clock you're like, <laughs> man, I'm I'm out here in these t-shirts. About six o'clock, mm-hmm. you better have some socks on your feet, man, because that temperature gonna hit real quick. All right, all right, I feel you. Yeah. Well, I guess the reality is this is January. That's true. That's the other thing. Yeah. 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 All righty, man. Chicago, well, um, I ain't in Chicago yet, yeah. so I'm thankful. But anyway, yeah. yeah but everything's good. Yeah. Everything's good. <laughs> okay. Well, let me step out the way so you can fill in the preliminaries, man. Oh, uh, yeah, all the time. Absolutely. So before we get going, ladies and gentlemen, uh, like we always do at the beginning of each show, we just like to set off a little reminders. Some of you may be familiar with them already. I'm sure some of you are rushing to get that pen and pad right now. So that first reminder <laughs> is, is exactly that. Make sure you got something to write with because you might have a question or comment, maybe something you might pick up from us or something you want to share with us in the audience. So we always implore you to get a pen and pad, pencil and paper, post-it note, marker, or like we are, Dad and I like to say, a back of an envelope, even if you got it, you know. So make sure you got one of those. Uh, the other thing is that our show, our show uh, Mondays and Wednesday nights, are live on Blog Talk Radio, though you may be listening to a recorded show. Uh, if you do check us out live, we do have multiple ways for you to engage with us. One way for you to engage with us during the show is through our chat room on the Blog Talk Radio site, blogtalkradio.com slash the greenhouse FX, the letter FX. You can set up your own Blog Talk Radio account for free. And once you do so, you can actually access uh, the chat room. 
excuse me, you can access the chat room. I already see we've already got people in there already working in. All right. Thank you all for yeah. coming in already. Right on. Yeah. Uh, the other way is that you can dial us directly. And I'm sure you've got that pen and paper, pencil and marker, back of an envelope, whatever, ready. So our number here is 516-453-6094. Again, that's 516-453-6094. And when you dial in and you want to ask a question, chime in, comment, or anything like that, press the 1 button on your keypad on your phone, and uh, your number will come up in our queue, and we'll try to bring you in as soon as we can. Uh, please don't take it personally if we don't bring you in right away. Like we say, we, you know, we have a lot to cover sometimes, but charge it to our hearts, not, uh, not to, uh, to our head. No. Well, anyway, we won't forget about education. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and that's what I always say. <laughs> and uh, the last way is that some of you may have received uh, Facebook invites. Uh, you can also use the event page. Uh, to type in any questions or comments in the discussion portion of the event page. Um, and you even see the phone number listed in there as well as the direct link. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the one thing. So we always uh, encourage you all to, you know, hit us up. Let us know what's on your mind. Um, and, and be a part of the show. Show, show your effect. Um, I, like I think that. that's about yeah, all I got as far as the reminder. Yeah. Show your effect. That's right. Yeah. Show like your effect. So here we are. We're dealing with. Hmm? We're, de- we're dealing with a, a a little delay, right? I I have to keep reminding myself of that. So I apologize yeah. for you know for stepping on your toes. You know, um, I forgot that there's a slight delay. I'll try to get that yeah. rhythm down right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no problem. Okay, man. So um, I was going to say before we start the show, and then I realized, no, this is actually part of the show. Um, I I want to acknowledge the passing of one of my unmet heroes, even though I did shake his hand (laughs) when I was about 13, Sidney Poitier. You know, um, I'm so grateful that we did a couple shows on him not too long ago and um, took part of, well, no, took actually the the vast majority of both shows acknowledging his movies and the impact. Uh, Well, I probably took up the lion's share of that show talking about the impact of his movies on my life. Um, you know, there, there's no getting around that for me, um, being my age, that when his movies started hitting the big screen, it started hitting me um, as a young um, novice to the world seeking an identity. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of folks, especially in the later movies and the later talk shows, have um, some condescending, some patronism, um, and, you know, some criticisms um, of um, Brothers Portier's movies. Um, and as much as his movies, the commentary also seemed to get personal in talking about, you know, him 
as a human being. And, and that, I think he would say, was one of the greatest compliments that people could have paid. I'm saying, I'm trying to talk for him, right? Uh, but I, I'm, I'm just guessing that he would have said it was the greatest compliment that people could have paid to think that the way he acted on the screen is the way he lived. And therefore, you know, character assassination or compliment, you know, just the, would both be taken in an equal strain of compliment, you know, and um, of positivity rather. And, and you know, I, I remember when, um, when, I, when I first came out with Mastering the Art of Failure in Relationships, I was at Fort Plug, um, and I was asking folks to do reviews on uh, Amazon. And I asked one of my, um, well, not one of my, I asked my um, daughter-in-law, which pretty much says who she is, <laughs> without giving away her name, um, to do a review. And, you know, she was real enthusiastic. Yeah, we got me to. And, and I didn't see a review for a while, so I hit her up and said, um, um, what you know? What's up with the review, baby girl? And she said, "Oh, Dad, I, I just can't do it." And I said, "Why not?" She said, "Cause when I got, I wasn't." She said, "I wasn't even a third of the way into your book, and I started feeling like I was in the back of your closet, rummaging around, and I came across an old shoebox, and I was looking through things I had no business looking through." <laughs> you know? And she was feeling terrible. And she says, "And I just can't finish the book." And I told her, what a great review. Please, you know, post that. You know, I'm, I'm not looking for the ones that, you know, will say all the other things, but just as much. Uh, I, I couldn't finish it because it was too much. It was just too much self-disclosure is what she was saying. So in retrospect, thinking about uh, Brother Portier, I think that he would have absolutely no problem with people who, especially people who have no idea who he is, thinking he's the guy on the screen, and that's what it did for me. You know, one of um, the first movies I saw was Blackboard Jungle, and that, although it came out in 55, I probably didn't see it until like around maybe 61, maybe even 62, but um, right when I was starting high school. And the, 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 con- the, the contrast of the setting, it takes place in a, in a hard Knox neighborhood of, New York, you know, probably Bronx or somewhere. I don't know anything about New York, so I don't know where the hard um, boroughs are. But anyway, um, and it was in the classroom setting, and Sidney Poitier was one of the students, as was Vic Morrow. And just the contrast of Sidney Poitier, Vic Morrow, and the teacher who was um, 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 Glenn, what was his, Glenn Ford, yeah, uh, was just an amazing thing for me as a young black man to watch. Um, and understand that I hadn't become black yet. I, I was still uh, colored and Negro. And also I had a third identity before black. You know, I was high yellow. <laughs> and I really mm-hmm. thought for a long time high yellow was a race, you know. Um, <laughs> and um, But, you know, high yellow even remains today, you know. Um, so often I hear I hear my people describing each other. And it's not unusual to hear hear somebody say, male or female, oh, yeah, you know, that light-skinned sister. Like, you know, that that makes it easier to narrow it down. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. We just do stuff like that. But anyway, you know, that, that blackboard jungle had, it, it, it had such an indelible, in, 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 
it, it, it just, I can't even begin to say how embellically effective it was for me to watch something I had never seen before. You know, and I think that's what gets lost in translation so much as black folks continue to evolve in American society, still trying to figure out who we are, that the jumping off point um, for so many of us is so individualized. It's not like a continuum. It's almost like every generation has its own jumping off point, and that becomes the theme that defines each generation, which in turn I think I think creates a, a a, a gap, a space between the uh, landmarks, you know, where a bridge needs to be created just to uh, fuse the generations in some way that, you know, values can be shared. But, you know, that's probably something discussed later on tonight. Right now, just paying homage to my man. So as mm-hmm. I was, you know, moving from Negro to black, you know, in the 60s, his movies is what gave me an idea of what it meant to take on the values of of a race that I belonged to in a society that did everything it could to discount me. You know, so I wasn't concerned about character assassination as I was watching him do his craft as I was experiencing coming into my own imagery. It It just, all my life, you know, his movies, his persona. I don't know if you've ever paid attention to him beyond just his acting, but I tell you, he has a stride. You know, I mean, he glides when he walks, and his head never moves. It's just the most incredible. He's not stiff-backed, you know. It's Mm -hmm. just that he, he has that runners glide to his stride. Yeah, I didn't mean to say it that way. You know, and, and it's just regardless of the role he's depicting, that, that that gracefulness always, you know, precedes his dialogue. Just fascinating to me. And I just had the yeah. it, I had the, the, the great joy of watching him as my own character was unfolding. Now some parts of my character could have remained folded, <laughs> but you know you got to take you know a, an accordion has to be pulled open and pushed together, you know, to get its tune. So you know my unfolding required some of my strange notes to blend with some of the sweet ones. But there were a lot of strange ones. But you know I always had that that um had that brother, you know somewhere he would pop up on the screen and I could just sit back and forget about who I was for a second and watch who I wanted to become. So, if I may, I had 15 movies that out of all the ones he made that were like my favorite, although they all really were favorites. It's like, okay, so if you have to narrow it down. So I narrowed it down to 15, and I took the five least favorites and just put them in the honorable mention category. So you mind if I just run through these right quick, man? Will, will that be all right? I'm not talking about talking about every movie, just the title. Oh, I know okay. we don't have it <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the clarity. No, I'm not going to talk about to every that. movie. I'm just going to give the title. And then, you know, if it strikes a bell, great. If it not, if it doesn't, 
you know, it's easy access to movies these days, you know, so right. look them up, y'all. But the, the five honorable mention in no order, um, I'll just give the year. In 1950, No Way Out. In 1965, the, the Slender Thread, also in 65, A Patch of Blue. In 71, Brother John, and in 88, 1988, Shoot to Kill. Now, my top ten, um, I'll start with number ten. We don't have drum roll in our sound effects, so just <laughs> number ten out of the top ten is Duel at Diablo. Number nine of the top ten, oh, Duel at, Duel at Diablo was made in 66. Number nine made in 1961, A in the Sun. 61, that was the year I shook his hand. Uh, Raisin in the Sun, a lot of the movie was shot on location in Chicago on the south side where I grew up. Matter of fact, 63rd Street, which I grew up on 62nd, and the Kit Kat um, Lounge was on 63rd and St. Lawrence, which, which was just a hop and a skip from where I lived. Um, uh, so that one in particular has meaning to me. That's number nine. Number eight, 1965, the Bedford Incident which most people hadn't even heard of, more or less seen. Incredible movie. Um, number seven um, in 63, where he won Academy Award, Lily to the Field. Number six in 1967, guess who's coming to dinner? Interesting enough, um, of, the, of everything that was nominated in that movie, he wasn't nominated for anything. Incredible movie. Also in 67, I'm sorry, um, so number five, um, also made in 67, is, it, you know, it's my number five favorite, not my number one favorite, To Serve With Love. That movie changed the way I did substance abuse counseling. Number four, made in 1972, Buck and the Preacher. Man, you know, uh, number three, made in 1958, The Defiant Ones. He did that with Tony Curtis. Both he and Tony, Tony Curtis were nominated for, for um, best, best Actor. Um, and let's see, number two, um, Blackboard Jungle, made in 55, that I talked about in my all-time Sidney Poitier movie. My absolute favorite of favorites was um, 1967. So he made three startling movies in 67, To Serve With Love, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and my favorite, which Rod Steiger won Best Supporting Actor, uh, In the Heat of the Night, you know, which was um, absolutely phenomenal. So... Um, thank you for letting me just take that little bit of time. Hey, there you go. <laughs> You're a phenomenal brother, man. You know, thank you for letting me take that little bit of time just to speak to this, man. And I tell you, when I when I heard about it, you know, um, and I know, you know, the tendency, you know, for people in general um, is, you know, in America is that we um, tend to hold celebrities separate and apart from everyday folks. So we may, you know, grieve the, the loss of Oprah's mother and never having met neither one, you know, and yet, you know, our mothers will die and not, not a headline will be written on their behalf. So our grief is usually kept very local. But that's how we do celebrities, you know, whether it's death, whether it's marriage, whether it's birth of a baby, whether it's the Ace marriage, <laughs> whether it's the birth of the seventh baby from the sixth mother, you know, or father, you know. But uh, we hold celebrities in a completely 
different status. But Sidney Poitier touched me beyond just the scope of celebrity status. In him, I felt that I saw, since I didn't really have much of a father growing up, I didn't know my father. It's not that I didn't have much of a father. I didn't know him. I just have like three, maybe three distinct memories about him. And he died when I was 11. And none of my memories that I have of him have anything to do with, you know, us being under the same roof, living in the same household, um, even though he and my mother never divorced, you know. So Sidney Poitier was like a pseudo um, guide and model for me. Um, not so much to try to live by, but just to encase and in some ways embellish, you know, uh, what my ideal of a, of a black man um, should be seen as, which is mm-hmm. something I think most black men today still struggle with, not really clear how we see the world and not really clear about how we think the world sees us. So our tendency is to, 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 is to demand recognition from each other. You know, Go ahead, Will. I, I feel you, man. Will? Uh-oh, he might have got knocked off. We do have technical um, difficulties periodically, y'all, so you might have an overabundance of me tonight, uh, which, you know, well, you get what you pay for. Oh, that's right, Black Talk Radio free. <laughs> so I don't have anything to apologize about. All right, so that was all of my Sydney. Um, ah, there he is. He's back again. Okay, so that was all of my Sydney thrill. And um, I see you're back, man. Wilfredo. Yeah, I didn't want to bite kick. I didn't want to okay, talk. There you I didn't want to interrupt your stride, man. I was trying to get back in. I've, I've been, oh, been no, having man. Some issues what? with the connection, so sorry about That's that. That's what I was telling everybody. That's what I was telling everybody, and I told them they might have an overabundance of me tonight. And I and I said, and I told them, <laughs> well, you get what you pay for. And then I realized, wait, Rock Talk Radio free. <laughs> so I ain't got nothing to complain about. So go ahead, man. What was you? You were you were wrapping up. You were wanting to make a point. So go on it. Well, Hurry up and get it in before they knock you off again. <laughs> well, I get knocked out again, right? So, you know, um, yeah. the, you know, I, uh, yeah, I'm glad that we were able to to do those shows, uh, and 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 comparing like Sidney Poitier, and we talked about like uh, black exploitation movies and stuff like that. Yeah. And and yeah. nothing and nothing against. You know nothing against black exploitation movies, you know, because they were able to open more opportunities for other artists. But it was just something about Sydney. You know, when we talk about like the birth of cool, people think about Miles Davis and stuff like that. But when it yeah. came to, you know, being cool, he was cool on the screen. You know, he had this. Yeah. Man. Um, he. And, it, you know, some people say he was unapologetic. I mean, but to be apologetic because you're black, you know what I mean? So it was like, why even have that discussion? You know, it was just yeah. like he was just so hey, cool, and that's just who he was. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. it wasn't like he had to, you know, overact for something, and he had to do something extra or be this kind of actor in this certain movie. And, you know, he, he just, you can, it was almost, I guess, effortless. Uh, in some in some aspects, I think some people would say, um, the way that Amen. he was on screen, you know, the Defiant yep. Ones was the first one I saw, you know, and and, I, and it, that's my number one because that was the first Sidney Poitier movie I saw, you know, and it was just yeah, 
Yeah. No, a good way. What yeah, a good I mean, way to start, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got lucky, right? <laughs> but I mean, how could you really yeah. go wrong with his movies too? Well, you know? That's the um, point. Yeah, you know? that's really the point, right? And, and 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 ladies and gentlemen, it's not like we we really we really don't even get into a lot of shows about entertainers and things like that. We really um, don't, right? Yeah. No, we we yeah. don't at all. You know, but but he was definitely somebody, you know, who who was effortless, you know, and what he did. And, yeah. and I'm going to say, he, you know, he didn't apologize for being black. You know, he was the best actor yeah. around at that time, you know, and probably yeah. even compared to some actors today, you know, as well as that Holly Berry, you know, told you, you know, she's not a, you know, she's an act, actor, actress, whatever, you know, take away the pronouns and all that stuff. And that's how Sydney yeah, did what too. She said, I mean, yeah, yeah, what she said was real quick. She said that, you know, and I was saying, uh, I was asking her about it, um, how difficult is it for her as a black actress to get a role? And she said, first of all, let me correct you. I'm not an actress. I'm an actor. So I never made that mistake since. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) But but, but Sidney did that too, right? He's not, he's an actor. He's not a black actor. Yeah, Yeah, he's not a black actor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen, man. Yeah, right on, Wilfredo. Yeah, man. Yeah, that dude. That yeah. dude was was exceptionally cool. Yeah. you know, exceptionally yeah. cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, sit, um, um, what's his name? Jack Nicholson was um was doing an interview with um, um some children once, and this one child asked asked him a question about um his character, who he is, um, as who he is as compared to who he is on, on in a movie. And he says, I'm an actor, but he said, you have to understand, actors, how did he put it? Tag, and it slipped me. He said, um, I, ah, man, he didn't say actors act. That's what I thought he was going to say. Oh, he said, actors pretend to be who they are on the screen. Mm-hmm. And I never heard an actor, male or female, describe it that way. He said, but we pretend to be who we are on the screen. And I think that's what a lot of people, you know, um, sometimes miss. I tell you what, if Sidney Poitier had got the props he should have gotten as far as I'm concerned, you know, um, since Academy Awards and, you know, um, that's the, you know, the great Hollywood acclaim, if he had gotten that recognition as he should have, and since these um, Academy Awards is what usually holds an actor, male or female, in, in star status, he would have been right up there at the top easily. He he should have received, if not the Academy Awards for Actor, Best Actor, Supporting Actor. He should have been at least nominated eight times minimum. You know, um, unfortunately, Hollywood still is Hollywood. And what most people struggle with understanding is that Hollywood has a tremendous, whether we like it or not, whether we know it or not, Hollywood has a tremendous impact on how we view ourselves. And mm-hmm. since it's really been slow to give black folks, um, and I guess, you know, someone would say, well, people of color in general, okay. Um, but I'm talking black folks right now, and in parentheses, people of color. Um, if, if, if it had been an even playing field, then first of all, the scripts would have been written. You know, the movies would have been tailored. And the directors and the producers and the writers 
and the technicians, you know, from gaffers to gophers, you know, they, um, it would have been even in how the imagery on the screen would have been depicted. It would have been equal role status. So there would have been nothing that black folks would have had to have been stereotyped around in order just to work. You know, it would have been nothing that black folks would have been limited to based on um, what roles would fit a black person as opposed to um, roles they could dial in for and not have to um, show up for for um, an audition, you know, like the superstars do. You know, superstars don't show up for audition. All they get is all they get is scripts in the mail and a plea for them, you know, with um, with whatever salary, fill in the blank or something like that. That's what they get to do. Black actors always have to compete with each other for limited roles. And the limited roles are limited not just in the scope of where a black person would fit in, but the skills, you know. And someone made a comment in the chat room that Sidney Poitier was a very skilled and very versatile actor. Uh, and that's what I, where his greatness, I think, really lied, you know, that you could watch him in a movie like Buck and the Preacher, Duel in Diablo, which are my two favorite westerns he was in, or you could watch him in uh, Uptown Saturday Night comedy, you know, Let's Do It Again, a comedy, or you could see him as the, as the somewhat um, um, emasculated black man in A Raisin in the Sun, and you would get so lost in, in his... Um, in his pretending, you know, you would get so lost. I would get so lost in his acting skills that really his his color kind of faded into the background. You know, it it, it was never really a pronunciation of the. And I think Denzel does that very well. Um, and and I think, and I would not have said this before about Denzel, the one movie that he stepped into. You know that that to me defied any movies he's ever played. In that he stepped into a remake of a movie that was, you know, all white men who later became superstars in their own right. And so when he did this remake, these cats have all come and gone, and they had you know superstar status. And plus, it was my favorite all-time western, you know, The Magnificent Seven. And 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 (laughs) doggone if. You know, before that movie was halfway into it, I didn't even think about Denzel being Denzel or Denzel being black. It was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the thing I love most about that movie, you know, out of the seven dudes, you know, the four the four that survived, it was four white dudes and and one Hispanic, one brother, and one Indian. And out of you know, four of them died, and the three that survived was the brother. The Mexican and the Indian, <laughs> you know, that's going to always be one of my favorite westerns for that very reason. So, all right, yeah. did I did I yeah. cut you off, man? I'm sorry, you know. I, I'm no, no, I, you know, I, away. I, I, I enjoy, you know, I, I enjoy this. I, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't know if the audience is sitting there like, oh my god, but I'm gonna say I, I enjoy this because, like I said, I know we don't really get a lot into entertainers. And athletes and stuff like that. Yeah, and you know, we we you really know, but I, yeah, but but I know that, I know the impact, and the influence that he had on you, you know. And I, of yeah. course, I know um, about, you know, your dad, my grandfather, and and you know the the lack of the relationship that was there. So to hear this influence, to you, you know, which in turn is kind of a influence to me. 
you know, it's it's something that that I enjoy that I get to hear. Another part of that bridging our gener the gaps in our generation, if you will, just kind of understanding each other a little bit more. So no, I'm yeah. sitting here enjoying it, man. You're not cutting me off at all. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah man. Um, yeah. You know, I'm sure yeah. that yeah. I'm sure that it touched you. You know, we didn't talk about it. You know, um, we didn't talk about it, you know, at all. But I'm sure it touched you yeah. in some way that you probably just kept it to yourself. So for you to get it out Amen. tonight, That's right. I'm yeah. cool with that. That's right. Yeah. No, you're right about that, you know. Um, and that was that was intentional, you know. And, again, yeah, you know, yeah I know we, we, you know, like we hoop and holler about, you know, Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, you know, LeBron James, I guess that would be, you know, um, um, Dr. J, you know, um, Beyonce, um, Jay-Z, right on down the line, you know, every, you know, black folks, you know, we hoop and holler about them as entertainers, and um, which, right on, you know. Um, but there isn't a whole <laughs> right lot on, of hoopla right. about Sidney Poitier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, that's not a, something that we say, hey, man, did you see Sidney's last movie? No, yeah, it's something that really happens, you know, so. So I can dig it. So, yeah, it, it's, you know, it was just, um, it has been. And for a while it will be, you know. Um, yeah, um, you know. Uh, and the list is endless. Everybody has yeah. their own list, too, when they talk about entertainment. So I just threw some out there right quick. And, I, you know, there's too many for, for me to even, you know. But let me tell you something. That's now. It wasn't that way as I was coming up. There was only a handful whether they were politicians, whether they were um, um, national figures, whether they were prominent leaders of the community, you know, uh, whether they were athletes. It was only a handful that um, we knew about. And even out of that handful, very little did we know about as far as their own biographies were concerned. And I could almost recite them. And probably still have room if I use my, you know, my ten, my 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 digits on my hands, you know. Um, but that's so that began to shift in the '60s, and also you mentioned black exploitation films, and you know, like whatever they call black exploitation films of the '60s, I would have to call white exploitation films of the 20, 20th and 21st centuries, because we get these. Um, white movies that like like Fast and Furious, you know, 42 or whatever episode they're on, you know, and I know they throw in Dwayne Johnson and and I'm not sure who Vin, I'm not sure what Vin Diesel's makeup is, but yeah, he's got that boy. And, um, you know, still, you know, Rocky, you know, what, you know, what is Rocky now? Rocky must be about 92 and still trying to fight, you know, and, you know, they, they have these, um, they have these brands, you know, that they're able to, few their their um careers behind you know um and and that's what the 60s was bringing to black actors male and female you know that the brand was depicted in the movie itself not the little roles they played like the mac or um superfly or shaft or coffee you know um you know um, they're, they're it, it, it took on you know the the black persona of the 60s you know big froze pork chop sideburns and so forth, the dialogue and the rap and the upbeat music, you know. Um, so I imagine that for white America, it was frightening. And so the media 
being the media, that you know who monitors the media, right, was able to come up with this you know catchphrase, black exploitation, and the idea was somehow the industry was taking advantage of black people by making black movies, <laughs> something Hollywood has never done. And unfortunately, you know, we uh, we took the bait and we decided. Yeah, this, you know, even though we've never really been our own people in our own movies, you know, we took the bait, man. We decided, yeah, that's not how we want to be seen. That's not, but imagine if black folks had taken that attitude with rap or hip-hop, you know, um, and that would have been, it's like black exploitation in the movie industry. Imagine that, that um, somehow the movement, you know, of the righteous few, like NAACP, oh, I'm sorry, N, yeah, NAACP, yeah, or a few of those other, you know, um, uh, righteous holders of black imagery in a positive nature, figure out the acronym for that acronym for that. You know, what if they had had the power to dictate, you know, and, and, and they not to say they didn't try. And maybe I should even say not to say we didn't try. But it took me a minute to adjust, you know, um, and accept the fact that, that uh, rap and hip-hop was, in fact, poetic expressions and no one's required to like every bit of poetry that's ever been written. More or less perform. Yeah. You know, but what if, I'm what if the power had been? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, coming from you, I consider that to be a high compliment. Thank you very much. That's buddy. high compliment. You know, high compliment. High compliment, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and justly deserved because it took me a minute. You know, and um, but yeah, and going on and on with that. But the point being that what if you know, and it's the same thing that would have happened there would have been a stagnation that would have taken place in black music expressions. Hustle, uh, what was it? Hustle and Flow never would have won, yeah. you know, best song. You know, um, so it, it, there's a difference in the flow, you know, that there, there are black actors, you know, um, vying for the limited roles that are available that I think if, you know, if we hadn't taken the bait, um, that black exploitation would not have been called that if they were just, movies uh, of race that had been ignored by white America, then, you know, we would have had the technical jobs. We would have had the directorships, the producerships. The scripts would have been written, you know, with black slavery, you know, and uh, black characters would not be – have been reduced to the very roles that so many are playing now on, on TV or in the movie theaters that were the characters that they were playing in the 60s, you know, and it, it, it hasn't grown from that. You know, um, and, and that's the, you know, there's not much character development, and only a few get to experience that. Most are typecast, but we don't even think of them as being typecast. We think of them as being the only kind of roles they can play. You know, so that, that's the unfortunate, you know, um, lack, of, it's lack of stimulant growth, you know, in the movie industry. So, again, um, I just really thank my man. But you raised another point that I want to shift into, um, which you touched on maybe briefly, but nevertheless I heard, um, the values of, of the various generations. Like you and I do not belong to the same generation, I don't think. I think, you know, we have 24 right. years that separate us. And I think, although it's hard to define the break of generations today, the Bible, you know, in the Old Testament um, at some point, I think I remember correctly, defined um, through doing brief math. I was hell in math when, it was, when numbers were numbers. You know, when numbers became letters, that's why I gave up, <laughs> you know. But um, 
in 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 the in the in the brief spectrum of base ten math, you know, I think that um, the generation was defined by like seventy seven years. But then you got to consider people lived until they were two thousand years old. I'm exaggerating, but you know, they lived pretty old. Um, you know, Methuselah was what nine hundred and seventy five or something like that. Uh, matter of fact, you know, you were kind of like a you were you were you were chippy. You were you were a youngster if you only broke a hundred. You know, so, um, and I think somewhere in my career as a substance abuse counselor, we started looking at generations for the sake of therapy as being like about 35 years, you know, but I'm not, I'm not sure now what, maybe, maybe 20, 25, right, what we are, maybe that's kind of the, yeah. the standard. 20, at least 20, to 20, 20 to 30 years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, it, because, you know, it, it's just. You know, because you might see mom, you might see grandma, ma, and daughter all out partying together, you know, and, and all be of legal right. age. So it's just kind of, you know, hard to really see the separation of values. So just using that as 25, 25, let's say 25 years, just as a median between 20 and 30, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I have a feel for what I would say the, the concerns, the fears, the religious attitudes, values, strengths, weaknesses, politics, ideas of success, self-image, um, and so forth, I think I would be a, a relatively accurate mouthpiece for my generation in talking about those things. You know, when, a, when I think about fears, I think about aging, death, and money um, as a fear, you know, not necessarily as a mark of success or anything like that, but as a fear, as a concern, you know. Um, let me ask you. Um, in, in the list, I just gave fears, religious attitudes, values. What, what, do you, what would you, what would you highlight as the greater concerns um, for your generation? You know, you, you don't have to, you know, spin your wheels, and you know, it may be the same things. But you know, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Sorry, I didn't. Yeah, that's a, that's a this, big, that's know. a big, big spot you just put me in, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, about you know, I, I'm still trying to, you know, um, figure it out on my end, you know, um, what, what's important. Yeah, but, there you go. Um, right. uh, and I, and I, I think about the, uh, actually the beginning of the show, you know, one of the reasons why I played that, that one song you like, you know, is Lord is so hard. Um, mm-hmm. It is just, I think mm-hmm. one of the, one of the things is is just a, um, to see an improvement, to see uh, a, a more yeah. positive change. You know, to see um, things that are different. Uh, I, I think I think that we have gotten so caught up in a repeating cycle, and I, it's like going around in the dryer. And I think we we want to get out of that that repeating cycle, but we don't know how to get out of it. Um, gotcha. For you know, I mean that's that's for me anyway. That's that's how I I feel sometimes because now we're looking at the new generation. You know, mm-hmm. I was the ones was coming 30, right behind you, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. So I was 35 when Jackson was born. So there we have the other, mm-hmm. you know, the other generation right there. So now it's like, right. okay, so what am I doing for him? What improvements are we making? to make his generation and his children's children, you know, make those best, those better. 
I mean, of course, we can talk mm-hmm. about money. I don't know about religion or spirituality now because okay. I'm sure compared back then, it's a little different now. You know, things are a little bit, things are different. You know, things are a little bit more, I don't want to, you know, I guess free might be a term, free thinking. Um, so You mean free thinking um, as related to religious beliefs and spirituality? Yeah, I mean, it, everything isn't so black and white anymore. Black and white. Agreed. I'm not. I'm not positioning myself to agree or disagree. You know, I'm. I'm. That's what the whole point of this is to, you know, understand values without, you know, judgment. You know, so, you know, religious belief, spirituality, and free thinking. I think, you know, like let's keep building. You know, maybe the next generations will also have other um, parts of the same theme or the same stream to add. So, yeah, free thinking. Okay, cool. What else, man? This is. Like, let me ask you, not what else, just uh, like politics. Are are politics a driving force, do you think, in your generation as politics had been in mine? I want to say yes, but I feel like what's missing is the connection, the, what we talk about as far as the, the generation gaps, where we're uh-huh. still dealing with you know, career politicians, people uh, who honestly should be passing the torch, and they're not. So a lot of politicians, young politicians, are having to figure it out and having to do things, some people would say, the harder way when it's not always necessary. You know, like, I know that there's a lot of people interested in politics, of course, but they're trying to figure out their way of doing it because I think – in my opinion, I feel like they're not getting the support like politicians in your generation got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So no, I feel, it's there. Yeah. It's there, but yeah, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's no, just man. a different process that, that they're having to go to having to, to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, see, my generation it was pretty much a, a, a one dimensional pursuit um for um Civil rights. Civil rights was the broad spectrum, was the scope of the endeavor for the whole century, you know, up until the late late 60s on through now being redefined into the 21st century. But we had a plethora. We had a, a boatload of civic leaders, of community leaders, of religious leaders, you know, um, I'm not seeing that from your generation, but you said something that I think for me sheds a light on it. You know, we're not, my generation is not doing a clear, a clearly defined, um, we're not clearly defining the road required or the ceremony or the ritual or the rite of passage um, that should come with um the passing of the torch, you know, that, that it shouldn't be death, <laughs> you know, um, it, it, it should be, you know, something that mentorship has clearly defined itself visible to the population where black politicians in particular are taking on roles of mentorship and helping the aspiring young 
to to fill the 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 the, the, the boots that shouldn't have to be filled upon the deaths of people like John Lewis and um, Elijah Cummings, you know, where we start finding out the greater work of, of Lewis and Cummings after they die, after they've come and gone, when really the footprint should be real clear about who others can say, yeah, John Lewis had me under his wing and showed me what I needed to develop in order to become a mayor of Minneapolis or something like that. You know, I remember growing up um, seeing, like, um, Julian Bond, who, you know, was like the epitome of a young black politician, and hearing him talk about the values that he was learning. It was almost like honing his craft that he was learning from Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., Ralph Abernathy, and the the the, the minions of those, you know, who were walking those footsteps. And I'm not really seeing that from my generation. And it's frustrating for me. So I don't... Do, do you get a sense that it's it's a serious piece that is missing um, that your generation really has issues with that there aren't any type of mentorship or leadership from those of my generation to help help with the task of taking on the issues of American society today? Uh, I, I would I, I'm a little mixed on it um, because. Okay. I mean, I would I would say yes, but then I think it's that frustration that inspires them as well, you know, to yeah. to to find ah. that to find that path. Um, man, you know, it's idea, man. you know, but at the same time, it's that frustration that that you know puts a lot of people down, and you know, those good people could have been doing more, you know. So it's it's I think it's a mix of, of different things, and now with the influence of social media, that also, I think, plays a part into it. Because yeah. these people yeah. who are out here doing things, um, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it just depends on on how many hits they're getting, you know, and not really mm-hmm. what they're doing, but how many followers they have. And, and it's not really about that. And I think we lose the integrity, the sincerity of, what they're trying to do yeah. through social media sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. Yeah. and end up sometimes just getting caught up in, in BS, you know. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they're out there, you know. I know that they're out there. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's, 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 it's strange sometimes, you know. I mean, like, like I said, black and white, I think, you know, and I, I use that looking at, in the past because it was like this is what we want, this is what we need to get. And now mm-hmm. it's like this is what we want, but then we got to do this in order to get that, and then we got to do this other thing, you know, and then you know the politics, or as Gil Scott Heron used to call it, politics. Uh, Politics. Yeah, that's my man. <laughs> yeah, you dipping into you dipping into the deep well and you bring him up, man. It's like, yeah, you talk about a crossover. Yeah, right on, man. My man, Gil Scott and then, and then, and, and then at the same time we're still dealing with uh a system whereas the uh, white politicians can I'm not gonna say the majority, but white politicians can still change the rules. Ah, uh, you can say the majority. I mean, you know, well, we deal in honesty you know. here. 
Well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to put you on the rowboat using majority minority kind of phrase. So, you know. <laughs> well, you used majority, but you didn't use minority, so we good. Yeah, and we okay. talk about majority right. in number, not in attitude. Yeah, so it's a different scope. Right on, man. Yeah. So we you know, look, we're still look, dealing look. with some of the old ways, you know, of, yeah. of them still changing the rules as well. What were you about to say? Yeah. Well, we got about four minutes. Man, I can't believe that much time flew by. So how about if we pick back up on this on Wednesday and maybe even because we haven't really been advertising anything, you know, we talk about bridging the gap between generations. But how about if we, you know, advertise for Wednesday show that this dialogue is going to continue and maybe encourage people to call in and talk about generational values in comparison? Are you cool with that? Yeah, I I think that would be great for everybody that's listening because okay. uh, I I, yeah. I don't want to be speaking just for my you know I yeah. I see and a me, lot of people's yeah, names on here I'm not going to call out you know but I know you guys <laughs> want to say something too. <laughs> amen amen and it, and and I think this is really you know I think this is a healthy shift a healthy move to maybe spend a little time talking about you know, the struggles of black generations and, you know, and not just, you know, generational definition, but, you know, comparative um, generational depictions as well. I think that's the dialogue that's been missing, being able, like, I really yeah. want to ask you, I want to ask you in Wednesday show, I'm not going to, I'm going to set it up now. I want to ask you how your generation sees me, and I want you to ask me the same thing, how my generation sees you. Cool. Okay. Sounds good. And I had there was one request on here before we go. I was wondering if you if you don't want to do it, can you send me the list of your Sydney Portier movies because uh, they wanted it posted on the Facebook page. Ah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I'll I'll text it to you cool. as soon as we as soon as we boogie, man. Absolutely. Are you kidding? Yeah, I'd rather send it to you. Make you do the hard work. <laughs> yeah. No problem. No problem. Okay, man. All righty, well, go ahead, man. Land the airplane, wonderful show. You know, get well. You know, Will didn't tell y'all he's been under the weather, and he he braved the storm to get on the show, man. My man, my hero. Right on, man. So let me get out of your way, man, so you can so you can you know land this plane, man. Love you, son. All right, love you too, Dad. I appreciate you sharing your 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 um, your thoughts and emotions, if you will, even about uh, Brother Sidney. So yeah. thanks again for doing yeah. that and, and setting up everything here on the show. Uh, Mondays and Wednesdays, uh, Mondays and Wednesdays, yeah, Mondays and Wednesdays, uh, 7 p.m., live, blogtalkradio.com, the Greenhouse Effect radio show, providing opportunity to exercise critical thinking. At least we try to. <laughs> but seriously, you know, hoping that you experience a, a renewed self-awareness and maybe even a deepened connection to others and their experiences, especially when we share interpretations and in our feelings. So you heard from that um, Wednesday, you know, we're hoping that some of you listening tonight will call in or comment in the chat room or something like that and share uh, some of your interpretations and feelings as well, uh, as we always try to bridge some, some gaps in our in our generations and learn from one another. So I'm looking forward to Wednesday's show. Um, as always, we appreciate everybody's support and listening um, and sharing the information uh, and anything else about the show. So thank you all for that. So um, with that, I'll always ask that you all be safe. Keep those masks on. 
Uh, stay covered up, stay warm. Oh, uh, before we go, I just want to just remind everybody, I know it's cold out here, please be mindful of your space heaters and stuff like that. I always like to leave little PSAs around the wintertime. Um, you know, they are fire hazards. we got to stay warm, but please be careful out there. And please keep your house safe as well. All right, until Wednesday, we'll talk to you all again. Hope to hear you then. Amen. Good night. Made me who I am.